I went to a small unconference where one of the inventors of MQTT was giving a presentation on MQTT and how he was using it. It was only possible because of this proprietary IBM server that he had. And so someone in the audience said, this is great, it's the only option to use this proprietary thing. And he said, yes, that, that is the case, but it's freely available so you can use it. The specifications out there. So if anybody wants to implement a, an open source version, then they can go ahead and do that. And I thought, okay, I'm looking for a project. That seems like it might take a couple of months, maybe. Here we are, 14 years later. I'm Roger Light, co-founder and senior developer at Sadala. This is Code Story, a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries. Took six months moonlighting. There's nothing on the backhand. Who share what it takes to change an industry. I don't exactly know what to do next. Took many goes to get right. Who built the teams that have their back. The company is its people. The teams help each other achieve. I was proud of her team. Keeping scalability top of mind. All that infrastructure was a Yes, we've been fighting it as we grew. Total waste of time. The stories you don't read in the headlines. It's not an easy thing to achieve, Mike. Took it off the shelf and dusted it off and tried it again. To ride the ups and downs of the startup life. You need to really it's want it. Not just about technology. All this and more on Code Story. I'm your host, Noah Labhart, and today, how Roger Light is building the platform to empower everyone to work with data in real time. This episode is sponsored by KiteWorks. Legacy managed file transfer tools lack proper security, putting sensitive data at risk. With KiteWorks MFT, companies can send automated or ad hoc files in a fully integrated, highly secure manner. The solution is FedRAMP moderate authorized by the Department of Defense and has been so since 2017. Step into the future of secure managed file transfer with KiteWorks. Visit KiteWorks.com to get started. This episode is sponsored by ClearQuery. ClearQuery is the Analytics for Humans platform. With their full suite of features, you can go from data ingestion to automated insights seamlessly. With Ask ClearQuery, you can find valuable insights into your data using plain English. Don't miss the opportunity to simplify your data analytics with ClearQuery. Get started today at clearquery.io slash codestory. Roger Light lives in the Midlands of the UK. He has a PhD in electrical engineering, and post-graduating, he did research, then taught. But, in parallel, he worked on hobby projects that eventually led him to a new venture. Outside of tech, he's married with four young boys and a dog, so he mentioned things get a little loud and crazy at home. He loves spicy food, but has been enjoying the visit to the local carvery lately. In 2009, Roger attended a conference on IoT, MQTT, and how it was being used to track electricity monitoring. What he realized was that an open source version of management software for this didn't exist. He happened to be looking for a project at the time and thought, this should only take a couple of months. This is the creation story of Sadalo. The story of Mosquito starts somewhat before Sadalo. So Mosquito MQTT Broker is one of the two products that we have the other one being uh, Streamsheets, which is a, a no-code platform uh, for dealing with MQTT and other uh, inputs and outputs in a sort of spreadsheet interface. 
back in 2009, I went to a small unconference where one of the inventors of MQTT was giving a presentation on essentially on MQTT and how he was using it. And at the time, all of that stuff was, particularly the electricity monitoring, there was lots of people interested in that sort of thing. But there wasn't really anything out there that you could do that with. It was all going through MQTT, which again, nobody had heard of at that point. It was only possible because of this proprietary IBM server that he had. And so someone in the audience said, this is great, this is an open source conference, it's the only option to use this proprietary thing. And he said, yes, that, that is the case, but it's freely available so you can use it. The specifications out there. So if anybody wants to implement a, an open source version, then they can go ahead and do that. And I thought, okay, I'm looking for a project. That seems like it might take a couple of months, maybe, and then I'll be done with it. Here we are, 14 years later, still working on that, on the same project. That part of it started, it got noticed by people. One of the things that I was quite amazed with at the time, and I guess I still am actually, is the company started using it quite soon. There was an electricity company in Iceland, picked it up and started using that in their product, which was fantastic. When this person started emailing me saying, we're using this, we've found this problem, can you help us out? And, oh, well, great. It's actually starting to see some traction. Five years ago now, I got contacted by one of the original people that started Sadalo to say, was I interested in coming along and helping build the company and developing Mosquito further? So the Streamsheets product that they were working on at that time uses Mosquito, so they wanted some extra control of that and to be able to further you know, accelerate the development basically and also as I've said that's turned into the main focus of the uh, of the company. So tell me about the MVP so that first version of the product you built how long did it take to build and, and what sort of tools were you using to bring it to life obviously MQTT is going to be a big part of it but but give me the story there. I guess every, every developer does this. You look back at the uh, code that you wrote and think just how astonishingly naive it is. A couple of months, I had essentially a, a you know, client implementation, client library implementation, and a broker that could all communicate with itself, uh, with each other, I should say. And since then, minimal feature sets, but the basics of the MQTT communication all working, and then adding the extra extra functionality that uh, actually makes it useful. So a couple of months for that. What tools did I use? It's written in C. I guess I'm a bit old-fashioned. I like using Vim for my editor and a compiler. Very much basics rather than using full Visual Studio IDE or something like that. Do the development on Linux primarily. That's the way I like it. Let's stay on the MVP for a minute. You, you got to make certain decisions and trade-offs when you're building that first version of the product. Could be, you know, approach the technology you're using, and I hear some, you know, keeping it basic and and how you built it and the, the tools you're using to build it. I'm curious about any sort of tough decisions and trade-offs you had to make during that MVP process and how you cope with those decisions. I came at this problem from the point of view of making a replacement for the small proprietary IBM implementation, which was available. So uh, a lot of the design decisions in the initial instance were driven by wanting to replicate that. So the most obvious uh, choice there being the very unstructured 
config file format that it was using, which Mosquito now still uses. That's something that is, yeah, as I say, a bit of a regret because there are much better ways to have done things. So having the model of an application already there in place to build on gives you definite advantages because you can see the kind of features that you might want to implement and you can focus on ones that you think are more important leave the other ones till later but this idea of this unstructured config file has definitely been a decision which was an easy short-term decision because there's something there to copy but has been a bit of a long-term headache in terms of coping with that decision as a project, we have tried to get documentation as clear as possible. And you know, at some point you've got to deal with that. I hope to change to a better config file format in the future. This episode is sponsored by KiteWorks. Legacy managed file transfer tools are dated and lack the security that today's remote workforce demands. Companies that continue relying on outdated technology put their sensitive data at risk. And that's where KiteWorks comes in. KiteWorks MFT is absolutely the most secure MFT on the market today. It has been FedRAMP moderate authorized by the Department of Defense since 2017. Through FedRAMP, KiteWorks level of security compliance provides a fast route to CMMC compliance, saving customers time, effort, and money. KiteWorks MFT makes it easy for users to send automated or ad hoc files via fully integrated shared folders and email. Administrators can manage policies in a unified console and create custom integrations using their API. Did we mention it's secure? The level of security with KiteWorks Solution is rare to find. Step into the future of secure managed file transfer with KiteWorks. Visit KiteWorks.com to get started. That's K-I-T-E-W-O-R-K-S dot com. This episode is sponsored by CashFly. The web is a competitive place, and if your site delivers its content pixelated, slow, or not at all, well, then you lose. But that's where CashFly comes in. CashFly delivers rich media content up to 159% faster than other major CDNs. Through ultra-low latency streaming, lightning-fast gaming, and optimized mobile content, the company offers a variety of benefits. For over 20 years, CashFly has held a track record for high-performing, ultra-reliable content delivery. While competitors call themselves fast or use cute animal names, only CashFly holds the record of being the fastest and serves customers like Adobe, the NFL, or Roblox, where content is created by users and must be delivered in real time. For the first time ever, Code Story listeners can get a 5-terabyte CDN for free. Yep, you heard that right, free. Learn more at CashFly.com slash CodeStory. That's C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com slash CodeStory. So then you got the MVP, it's working. Um, you know, from that point, you start progressing and maturing the product. Tell me about that process. And then what I'm curious about is how you built your roadmap and how you went about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build or to address with Sadalo. So I think that's the good way of looking at it when we talk about it from the Sadalo point of view. Prior to that, there was not necessarily that much planning in terms of the roadmap. As a hobby project, essentially something would be, this is interesting, or maybe this is beneficial, but no, not necessarily as much direction as, as you might hope for. When I started at Sadalo, we decided what the plan was going to be there. The aim was really to improve the MQTT support, so get 
better coverage of the specs that are out there because they've been the new version 5 specification came out which wasn't supported so it's that was a f- big focus get that support properly into place and then to start to bring more user-friendly features in so really make trying to make it a more pleasant experience for people to use make it so that it's just you know, easier to easy to use easier to manage more particularly uh, so from the point of view of being able to make changes on the fly in terms of the authentication authorization and having a bit of a bigger picture of what that looks like and how to how to make that yeah nicer to use really since then we've been trying to put together features which are i guess for the paid customers which are interesting for paid customers so interesting more on the enterprise side of things monitoring high availability so really trying to nail that stability and reliability kind of things that sort of as i say real enterprise driven side of things where it's not quite as interesting to the the home market but nevertheless is really very important so i'm curious about about team roger and um this will be interesting because i think you know uh well, I'm, I won't. I won't make assumptions. But tell me about how you built your team, and what do you look for in those people to indicate that they're the winning horses to join you? I guess I'm a little bit of a different case to most of your guests because I I've joined Sedalo as a co-founder rather than being the, either the founder or one of a couple of co-founders. So there are a, a group of us, and um, I've really been very much focused on the development side of things rather than on developing the company as a as an entity itself and developing the team having said that we have been growing so we have been recruiting and generally our process has been to ensure that when we have rec- when we're recruiting onto a team where well, we, when, when we're recruiting onto a team we want to make sure that there's a good fit for everybody so we'll have technical interviews, but also have a, have a have a fit interview as possible to ensure that people can get on and are going to be able to work well together. I think that's I think that's worked quite well for us. We have a few different teams, a couple of development teams, and marketing, sales, all that kind of thing that you'd expect. Either we've been very lucky and everybody's nice and productive, or or, or we've just got really good processes to make sure that happens. Hello, welcome to the Data Analytics Club. Do you know the password? No, I didn't know there was one. Do you know how to code? Uh, no. Do you know how to query data? Like, ask a question? I guess not. Hmm, I see. Then you can't be in this club. Sorry, goodbye. Don't be left out of the Analytics Club. ClearQuery is the Analytics for Humans platform. With their full suite of features, you can go from data ingestion to automated insights seamlessly. ClearQuery provides you with the information you need without requiring you to do the heavy lifting. Their Ask ClearQuery feature allows you to ask questions in plain English, helping you find relationships and connections in your data that may have previously gone unnoticed. You can even visualize your data with presentation mode, taking your data storytelling to the next level. Pricing is based on storage, not licenses, and that ensures that you get the most bang for your buck. Don't miss the opportunity to simplify data analytics, your data analytics, with ClearQuery. Get started today at clearquery.io slash codestory. This episode is sponsored by Cashfly. 
The web is a competitive place, and if your site delivers its content pixelated, slow, or not at all, well, then you lose. But that's where Cashfly comes in. Cashfly delivers rich media content up to 159% faster than other major CDNs. Through ultra-low latency streaming, lightning-fast gaming, and optimized mobile content, the company offers a variety of benefits. For over 20 years, Cashfly has held a track record for high-performing, ultra-reliable content delivery. While competitors call themselves fast or use cute animal names, only Cashfly holds the record of being the fastest and serves customers like Adobe, the NFL, or Roblox, where content is created by users and must be delivered in real time. For the first time ever, Code Story listeners can get a 5-terabyte CDN for free. Yep, you heard that right, free. Learn more at cashfly.com slash codestory. That's C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com slash codestory. So let's talk about scalability. This will be super interesting. Was this built to scale efficiently from day one or with scale in mind, right? Or have you been fighting this as you grow and gain traction in any sort of capacity? I guess the answer there is that it's not really been built uh, with the scale in mind in the first instance. As I've suggested, this was this started off as a, a side project where that wasn't really going to be a consideration. But it turns out that the design decisions that I took as part of that uh, as part of that process have been pretty efficient in terms of performance. If you compare to similar MQTT brokers that are out there, we do pretty well, actually, when you're comparing single instances against one another. If you talk by about scaling horizontally, so going into, into cluster mode, then that's something that we are currently working on, um, but it's not there at the moment. I've done benchmarks in the past, and Mosquito running on single core compared to competitors that are then running on six, seven, eight cores, and Mosquito's outperforming it, outperforming them. We don't have that scale in quite the same way, but nevertheless, what you're getting with the performance of the broker is still outperforming other instances. It's one of those things that for many of our customers, most of our customers, the kind of uh, performance that we can offer is um, more than adequate. It's one of those things that's really interesting, actually, when you talk to a customer as to what their expectations are in terms of performance. There's some people who will come along and be saying, we've incredibly fast message rate we've got, and it turns out in their industry that a thousand messages a second is like absolutely blistering. And at that point, then you say, okay, fine, this is no problem. We can do that without breaking any kind of sweat. We could do that on a Raspberry Pi. We're not going to, but we could do it on a Raspberry Pi and it'd be fine. So as I say, we, we've got the plans for the cluster. We are, have also got plans for scaling to multi-thread. And at that point then, we should absolutely knock everybody else out of the water, I think. So as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? I am astounded every day by how widespread Mosquito uses as an open source project. There's so much interest out there and I've been to some trade shows and you talk to other companies there 
and they let slip that they're using Mosquito, and okay, that's nice. When you find out things that, where it's being used in just really cool places, it's just such a nice feeling to say, actually, that's that's the thing that I built. So some of the signalling on the UK rail network is running off Mosquito, which is just awesome. There's so many other things that people have told me that I can't remember, but there's, there's so many cool things. And then this is really trivial in some ways, but it made me so happy that I was away on a weekend with some friends and this, you know, a group of people I play some sport with, and some of them I don't know as well. I was chatting to one of those one of those guys, and he was mentioning how he was building some project or other, some electronic project, and he was he got some sensors and he was using this thing called Mosquito, and I was able to say, oh yeah, oh, that's that's my project. I wrote that and. He thought that was the most amazing thing ever and that kind of personal interaction that you can get unexpectedly someone's using your project is just so awesome. Absolutely love that. Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. So I've been thinking about this and already mentioned the big mistake of the design mistakes and... In terms of Sedalo, I can't think that there's a particular big mistake that we've made yet. It must be coming around the corner at some point, but we've done okay so far. Um, Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one to answer. Okay, well, this will be fun. Tell me what the future looks like for, you know, the product and for your team. Busy. (laughs) I think that's that's something that is, is true. We've got more and more customers coming through. And if it's not every customer, it's certainly quite a few customers say, oh, it'd be nice if we could do X, Y, Z. Can we have that as well? And maybe we have a bit of a chat about it internally and then they, and say, yeah, actually, that would be a really useful feature. We should definitely do that. And so then it gets added to the list. And we have our own plans, as I've said, uh, like the high performance kind of things, which is a quite a big topic. So we, we want to focus on that, but it'll take quite a bit of time to get proc to get right. And you've got these little interesting things that come along. Is that that's oh that was quite fun. I'd quite like to do that. Can we almost just take a can I just take a couple of days of time just to go and do that one please? Because that that'd be quite good fun. So yeah there's I mean there's just so many things we want to do. The the high performance is is, is a key thing that we want to, to to work on. Extending the idea that I already mentioned of making things easier to use. So adding in better controllability, adding in more integrations to other platforms so that you can get your data from the broker to MongoDB, Kafka. Those are, I mean, those are things we've already got, but that, that sort of thing, the, the list is endless, really, about what we could be working on. Okay, let's switch to you, Roger. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why you look around and there are there's loads of inspiring people uh, a lot of people who have done really impressive work and produced something just uh, very impressive the one that I would call out is Nick O'Leary who used to work at IBM and in his work at IBM he was working in the MQTT and I think Emerging Technologies, he was in the the lab there. One of the things that he developed almost on the side as well was Node-RED, which is the incredibly popular no-code tool for MQTT and Internet of Things. And he's managed to turn that from being this side project into incredibly popular projects. 
he they have a conference for it he's they've got the company used to be called Flowforge until they got told to change the name yeah so they t- turned it into a company had apparently really good success and he's just a thoroughly nice guy and does does a lot of good work it seems and I'd like to be that good it'd be quite nice Okay, we got one more question, Roger. So you're getting on a plane, and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. They can't wait to show it off to you, right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person, having gone down this road a bit? Maybe I could answer a slightly different question. Because I think the person who is a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing is already thinking about how they're going to take that thing that they've built and go do something with it. And I think there are probably a lot more people that are in the situation that they have built or have the idea for something that they want to build, but that aren't necessarily looking to be an entrepreneur in the first case. And that's that was the situation that I was in. And if I was able to go back then and say... How could I do this differently? I might go back and say, okay, maybe I ought to take this idea that I've got and maybe try and start some of that commercialization myself and maybe try and develop that a little bit. I might be in a different situation now. And so I would say to that person, not necessarily the entrepreneur, but the person sitting next to me on the plane is, look at this cool thing that I've made. I would say, maybe do consider taking that and trying to do something with it. It might be that if it is the next big thing, but you're not necessarily thinking about it as that, you want to try and take advantage of that while you can. And if you put that effort in, you may get a lot more back out. That's fantastic advice. Well, Roger, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story of Sedalo. Thank you very much. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.